Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in the world. We hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Mike Kerchak. So first, let me thank you, Mike, for joining us and sharing your story and your experiences and your ideas, especially as a restaurant operator right now with covid happening yeah thank you yeah great crazy crazy time but um you know it's it's why we do this right it's different every day uh, and, and this is extreme this is the extreme so. it, it really is extreme it's extreme restaurant touring <laughs> sure, sure um it's it no one no one could have really projected what's what we're all dealing with and i know that your situation is unique even relative to mine because you have so many people that are counting on the company that you're helping to run for their livelihood. And, and I imagine that this has been a really stressful time for you. So I, I would love for you to kind of give us the background about you. Um, Cause I know you've literally grown up in this business, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very interested to hear about your personal trajectory. Sure. Sure. No, I'd, I'd love to. So, yeah, I mean, uh, basically a lot of people say they grew up in the business, um, in the restaurant bar business, but um, and not to say that I have when others haven't, but I've literally done, um, been in a bar um, for 40 years. Um, so, and no, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not that old, but my, and my grandfather bought a bar uh, for himself. To keep himself um, to keep himself occupied for his retirement, he bought his uh, favorite bar, um, so he had the opportunity to do that. And uh, my parents worked two jobs apiece, so uh, my grand my retired grandfather was um, was my babysitter. And and uh, um, you know I didn't know it was strange to be in a bar at you know five, six, seven years old, but uh, that's where I was cleaning floors and stocking yeah. beer and all that. It, it felt normal, you know. It didn't didn't feel abnormal. So uh, so yeah, literally growing up in it. Um, you know, you do that these days and, and you'll be all over the news and, and that. But, you know, it's a different time yeah. where uh, where those things. The 70s. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's fine. It's great. And, you know, the bar is still in my family today. Um, you know, my father is now retired. It's now his retire retirement project and, and my brother manages. And, um, you know, it's great. And, and that's that's uh, that's where I got my start. You know, and that's also what swore me off to the restaurant business too, yeah, restaurant bar business. <laughs> was growing up in it so it was a, it was a blessing yeah. and a curse at the same time so. I love that it's still a part of your family too because yeah. I mean that's that there's something to be said about that especially now when people are people that aren't familiar with the way our industry operates are finally understanding there's really thin margins mm -hmm. every penny in cost makes a difference and makes an impact somewhere in the bottom line Sure. And the fact that your family has been able to pass down this bar and hold on to it, um, that's, that speaks volumes about the kind of operation that they're running. And, and that's really just something quite spectacular, I think. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't know, um, you know, I, I mean, of course, I've always looked up to my father, but I, I never knew uh, what people thought of him um, or how differently he ran it, you know, a typical bar. I don't know. I'm going to make up a stat. He's probably open and known for four to five years before it changes hands, closes, does something. But, you know, we're, we're, we're working on 40 years here. 
Um, and I didn't, I didn't know any different because that's all I knew when it came to the bar business, because that's where I worked. I never worked outside of there until I got into college. Um, I had other jobs in, 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 um, uh, retail and, and, you know, landscaping and those type of things. But that was it. Mm -hmm. People would tell me, you know, your, your father's the most legit guy in the bar business. And I was like, yeah, he's great. He's my dad, whatever. Until you actually start to see what's out there and people who buy these, buy these bars or start a bar or a restaurant, um, just because they want to be in that business or around that. And, yeah. and interestingly enough, you know, he's never really gotten caught up in it. He's not somebody that hangs out at his own bar, but, you know, a bar owner that's going to sit at the end of the bar and give away his profits is just not going to be in business very long. It takes great care of his people, which I took away from that. And, you know, and I've always, always um, taken that, that part of the business with me, you know, the financial aspect is something I had to learn, um, but the mm -hmm. taking care of your people part of it, I think that's been ingrained in me and, and, you know, basically I, 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 not intentionally it was just how I was raised and being raised in the bar and watching him take great care of people uh was mm -hmm. huge and and you know that that never more um being put into play these days with what's going on and how we're dealing with our teams but um you know it's it's interesting and that's that's why um you know I think that's why I swore swore it off that as I worked in in jobs here or there um through college I was just totally turned off by the the type of people that um and it was just bad luck, a string of bad luck, but the type of people that were in the business and, and it just yeah. wasn't, you know, quote unquote legit. It was, yeah. It was what it was. We all have those, we all have those stories. We all know those people um, and they're not in it very long. Yeah. No, no, but th they're also not exclusive to our side of the business either. I've, I've noticed no matter where I've worked, those people tend to surface. I mean, they just exist, sure. but I think it's, I think it's really interesting. Are you going to end up, taking on this bar one day is that no, part of the plan or is it one of your brothers i'll leave it to my brother i'll leave it to my brother yeah. he's been he he's he's literally worked there uh managing bartending um and such for really the last 15 years so so my my experience there was never managing or anything you know i just i just bartended and and, and as yeah. i moved away and as i moved into a more professional career i would i would uh you know keep my Cinco de Mayo and St. Patrick's Day uh, that I had always had. And, and when they need me to come back, you know, even, even when I was in, in management and even when I had to drive two and a half hours and move far away just to work those shifts. But I, I never, never really wanted to do that part of the business. And um, there, there, and, yeah. and maybe it's a fear of screwing it up. So, you know, maybe that's it. I don't know, but, yeah. but, but my brother, sure you wouldn't, <laughs> ah, you know what he's doing, a, he's doing a great job. It's his thing. And, and, um, you know, well, uh, it's, it's, it's just something that is part of, part of our family. My grandmother, yeah. uh, my grandmother, fortunately is, is still with us, you know, 92 years old and, and, and wow. goes there a couple of times, times a week. She tells people she works there, um, you know, drink, <laughs> That's drink, awesome. drinking a, a, a martini at the end of the bar is considered, I guess it's considered work when you're 92. Um, but it's, uh, <laughs> You know, is, did she get the 1099 for that? I think I think she's probably on payroll somehow, somewhere. So we won't. We're not gonna. We're not gonna right. report it. We're not gonna report it though. So. Um. So this is in Massachusetts, though, right? It is. It is. It's in Massachusetts. Okay. I'm I'm in Fort Lauderdale. So, so currently, you know, they they have to deal with things differently in different states. Uh, oh than yeah. I have. You know, I, I I didn't have, I didn't grow up with happy hours or discounting alcohol at all. You know, that's just not a thing. Um, I thought it was strange 
when when I went to states and started living in states and working in states where they had happy hour. I was like, this is this feels feels pointless. You're giving your giving your profits away. Um, but yeah. um, you have to do it. Everybody does it. Big chains do it. High end places yeah. do it. Eddie Eddie V's does a happy hour. I'm like nobody's nobody's too 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 big for happy hour. Right. You know, in, in, exactly. In, so you, you got to do it. And that was just some, di- some different things in moving out of Massachusetts, you know, with the, with the blue laws and, you know, people couldn't buy alcohol on a, on a Sunday, um, up yeah. until probably five years ago and, and just all kinds of, all kinds of crazy laws, but I, I wouldn't have wanted to live anywhere else growing up. I thought it was, yeah. great, you know, very multicultural area that I grew up in. So, um, I was not sheltered. Um, I worked, um, obviously, you know, when I was, I thought it was working when I was, you know, six, seven, but, you know, I started working when I was, when I was, uh, you know, 14, uh, 15, actually real, real job. And I, I, I've worked ever since. And all I want to do is just, just work more, work more, work more, you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's, it's oh. still in me today. So it's just, what it's, was that first job? This is, this is bizarre, right? So I, oh, uh, that, what, that's what makes yeah, it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the first, the, <laughs> My first job, and it was actually, I'm thinking back, and I think I was like 13, and it was paid under the table. So my friends, uh, my family's, friends of my family owned a cleaning service. And, and the, two, the two jobs that I worked with them on were, were two, two things. One was we, we cleaned a couple of bars in downtown Springfield, Massachusetts, and they were nightclubs. And I didn't know that it was weird, but I was the one that had to clean the bathrooms, and there was just vomit and Ugh, broken glass gross. everywhere. And I was like, oh. So I, I, this is like, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to hang out in bar. This is what my, my dad's bar looks like. So, um, and the other was, uh, we cleaned a funeral home, um, which was bizarre. Um, you know, just, and it was, yeah. it was an active funeral home and, and, uh, you know, it didn't, strangely enough, you get used to it. Um, but you know, I didn't do that for very long because, I also didn't realize that I wasn't getting paid very much until I could actually get a real <laughs> job. Uh, so, uh, so it was fun. You know, I mean, it's a great story to tell. And, and while, I yeah. may, while I may have felt like I was underpaid at the time, probably, you know, 20, 30 years later, I get to tell a story about, um, you know, my first job being in a funeral home is a pretty, yeah. a pretty cool icebreaker. Um, yeah. Well, about, I'm sure but... that the, uh, the restrooms were probably cleaner, right? I'll tell you. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, that was, um, interestingly enough, I went back to that bar as an adult, um, and I still could walk in and smell the just nastiness. And it probably was in my head at that point in time, but as, as I was, and it had changed names and changed design, but it was still the same basis. And I still felt, I still felt like that queasy feeling of, of man, what was, I didn't understand as a, as a 13 year old, why anybody would want to, to hang out in a place like this. It was filthy. Um, (laughs) But by the time I left, it was an olfactory memory. Oh yeah. It was was horrific. I had flashbacks. So. Oh my God. So what changed though? I mean, what changed to pursue this industry as a career for you? Because If you saw the dirty underbelly, right? Yeah. Like literally, and you were like, "Not for me," and then you were like, "For me, definitely right. want to do this." What happened there? Uh, I was like, I tripped and fell back into the restaurant bar business. You know, it's it's sort of it's sort of the typical <laughs> story. Um, you know, I went to school. I went to the University of Massachusetts, and I have a, a degree in chemistry, which I've never used a day in my life. Um, 
you know, I got by in the skin of my teeth. I don't want to give the impression that I'm, um, you know, I don't want anybody to try to call me to help with their kids' chemistry homework. I, I have no idea. I forgot <laughs> it all the day I left that. The day I walked out of there, I, I forgot it all. And, and, you know, it seemed like a great idea as a, uh, you know, a 17-year-old deciding upon chemistry as, as my major. I wanted to be challenged. I wanted to do different things that my friends were doing. They were all business, you know, business and management uh, majors. And I, I wanted to, mm-hmm. I wanted to, to do something that I thought was going to be more challenging. Um, now they had a heck of a lot more fun in college than I did. Um, you know, my, my time was spent in a book or working. Like I said, I never yeah, stopped working. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, about some time through my junior year, I, I realized that I hate chemistry at this point, um, but you, <laughs> you got to change your major in your freshman year, not your junior year, not when you're like 22 credits away from graduating. So, not, yeah, not recommended. Yeah, not so recommended. I, I powered through it. I'm like, this is going to look really great on a resume, but I'm not going to use it and come to find out, you know, when I got out of school, the only thing you can do with a bachelor's in chemistry is you can work in a lab inputting stuff into computers um, or you can teach. And, and neither one of those had, had any... Um, I had no desire to, to, to do either one of those, um, or I can go back to school. Mm-hmm. My grades were not, my, my grades and my passion were not um, going to let me pursue that beyond uh, an undergrad. So, so I got a job, you know, I, my, uh, my summer job that I worked between, um, between school was putting in ground sprinkler systems and landscaping. And I, you know, after I got out, I did that full time for, for uh, two years. And I loved it. You know, I got to be out in the sun. I got winters off because because Massachusetts, you get laid off during the winter because you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So I got yeah. the winters off. I would pick up some bartending shifts, and then um, then I got laid off one year. There was a new a new um, new restaurant bar opening up down the street. A friend of mine um, was like, "Hey, uh, you want to come in and apply with me? I, I don't want to go in by myself. I've never applied for a job in a bar in a restaurant before. I've just been given them." And I'm like, "Sure, I'll go." Um, so I went in with her. Uh, we both filled out applications. I got hired. She didn't. Um, and that was at Smoky Bones. So that was Smoky Bones. The, the That's the, where it started. Yeah, yeah, that's where it started. So 2001, it was the, you know, seventh, their seventh location that was opening. Uh, it was a brand new, it was more of a sports bar concept at that point. It was right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I loved it. I loved it. And, and um, you know, between bartending and serving, I, I got the bug and I loved, I, I learned um, you know, the need for, for training at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's my passion is, is operations and training. And, and I loved teaching people new things about the bar business. And it became that I wanted to learn more so I could teach more. And I wanted to have yeah. every answer for every question. Um, you know, and, and that's what, that's what was driving me was to just know more. I need, need more, need more, need more information. Um, yeah. you know, and that's, that's what, that's what drives me is, is I didn't want to be asked the question. I didn't know the answer to, because when I went in there, the first day, part of the interview was, um, the, the GM asked me how to make a margarita and I had no idea. Right. I, had oh. no idea. I worked, I worked in a, yeah. a, a, I worked in a bar. My father's bar was a, was a beer and shop bar. You know, if I mm-hmm. made a margarita, it was Jose Cuervo mixing tequila. Right. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, Long Island iced tea, it was, you know, it was all set up in a row, you know, five, five liquors yeah. in a row in the bar, or if it got super busy, you poured out a Long Island iced tea bottle, you know, the batch bottle. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so I think that that, that instance, um, right there was the turning point that I, I, I found out I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. Um, and it also was a little embarrassing, 
because how, <laughs> how do you not know how to make a margarita? I'm like, oh, how do I not? You're right. How do I not know that? So, um, so it was interesting. You know, I got hired. Yeah. I got hired nonetheless. And then, um, you know, the training part of it and opening new restaurants and 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 you know just wanting more, ending up you know as a bar manager and and quickly within a year being a GM and opening new restaurants as a GM and. So that was, you know, that that's, it's sort of, it's a whirlwind. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, but you I, were there for a really long time. Yeah, I was there for, uh, for 17, 17 and a half years, 18, almost yeah. 18 years I was there. But uh, I didn't realize, and I, I obviously know your history, but I didn't realize that you made that jump to management yeah. so quickly. I mean, I, that's yeah. your willingness to learn was obviously a key component of you moving up the uh, food chain so quickly. Yeah, right? I, I also didn't, you know, they're opening 35 restaurants a year and, and my desire mm. to my competitiveness and my desire to know more and be better. Um, I didn't say no to things I probably should have, like moving to, to Reading, Pennsylvania for for a month moving up to Concord, New Hampshire to open a restaurant there and living there for two years. And, you know, some things that hindsight, I'm like, man, I, I, if I knew, if I knew now, of course I would still do it. I wouldn't change anything about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, my first day pulling into driving up into Concord, Concord, New Hampshire, which is up near, you know, it's the further North you go in New Hampshire, the more Southern it gets. And oh, it, yes. was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was very, it was very interesting. And, and Reading was, uh, Reading was another one that was, that was interesting, just, um, you know, experiencing new people and experiencing, you know, the, the Amish and Mennonite culture for the first time, that was like weird. But so I've had a lot of great experiences yeah. and it took me a lot of different places and it eventually brought me down to Orlando and to a corporate position with Smokey Bones um, in back mm -hmm. in 2011. Um, yeah. So, um, but I did bounce around. I moved wherever they needed me to move and, and moved up that way. You know, it's, uh, um, I'm, I'm glad I didn't say to no, no to these, some, of, some of these things. And, and um, yeah. I'm glad I was a little, maybe so, somewhat naive as to what I was getting myself into because, you know, in all honesty, I'm not going to, not going to sugarcoat it. I got, I was over promoted. I was made a GM and I had no business being a GM. They had nobody that was going to move to Concord, New Hampshire. And they had mm -hmm. me that knew I would work 80 hours and get it done. And, and that's, yeah. that's what they did. And, um, you know, I was the lowest paid GM in the company, which I found out a couple of years later. Um, that was the case. <laughs> when when they did my review and says uh, so first we have to bring you up to the new minimum and then we're going to give you oh a review I'm like oh my god it's like you wish you didn't tell me that but um but you know what it was but to their credit they didn't have to tell you that no, they no. didn't have to be honest no no right and, and you know I mean at the end of the day I was getting a raise so who who yeah. am I to, who am I to complain it was just okay it was just one of those things like, man, I should have negotiated better, but I didn't have, I wasn't in the position to negotiate then, you know, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, that was, that was it. And just bouncing around meeting new people and training and then, you know, yeah. training new GMs and, and being that go-to guy and, you know, being, being called out and, um, you know, when you're in a, in a regional meeting, you know, they had a, a yeah. North and South and I think it was probably 50 restaurants and I'm sitting there taking notes and, um, about you know a versus t theoretical waste and that and and the the vp of ops just literally stopped the meeting and and is like pointed to me he's like this is he's like this guy's gonna have my job one day because he's the only person that's sitting here taking notes and i was yeah. like man, i was like I, of course obviously very embarrassed because everybody's like well look at this brown nose over there but also <laughs> very true because i my, my my desire was to just be better 
and whatever it took. Yeah. And and if that meant writing everything down so I remembered it, and it's just how I remember. It didn't mean the other people. Didn't mean I was doing better. It just meant that yeah. you know I was I, I just had that intense desire to be better. Um, yeah. And to, to, and learn to learn and grow. Yeah. 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 For sure. Well, for sure. I I I agree with you completely, and I think that that's one of those things where the best career advice I can give to someone starting their career is just don't say no, say yes, and then kill yourself to figure it out if you have to. You're not gonna, but you'll figure it out. Give yourself the credit of being smart enough to learn something you didn't know yesterday. Because we all have that capacity and we don't have to be, you know, genius level or Mensa candidates. I mean, certainly I'm not, but you just, you put your nose down and you figure it out and you learn for yourself and you learn by doing. And it's, it's the best way to grow and build. And I don't want to sound like, you know, this, this Gen Xer that's, that's looking down and, and too, I think too much stock is put into, um, (laughs) you know, the generations and people always being resentful of, of other generations. I don't, I don't care. And I don't see that much of a difference as people do. I see them with buying trends and things like that. But as far as personalities, I know some really, really, really hardworking millennials. Some millennials that I will go to battle oh, yeah. for, and and um, you know I know some some Gen Xers that are just job hoppers, and I think yeah. um, you know I think that that while statistically maybe it's true, um, I'm not here to challenge that part of it, but I just my experience is is that I think you know to to your point, um, don't say no, and, and I think that there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that do. And just say, you know what? It's just the restaurant business. I can get another job. Mm-hmm. Everybody's always hiring, which is true. It's, it's totally yeah. true. Um, except for right now. <laughs> except for right now. Except for right now, for sure. For sure. But, if you uh, don't like it, yeah. tough shit. You're yeah. working. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure it is. You know, and, 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 exactly. it's, and I've always wanted to surround myself <clears throat> with the people that had the same mentality and work ethic as, mm-hmm. as I do. And I know I'm not an easy person to work with or for. Um, because I'm very, very particular, very fanatical. Um, I I feel like I know a lot, um, and and I don't outwardly. But you state, do. I don't outwardly state, "Hey, I'm smarter than you." It it's more of, "Hey, let's let's no. all learn this together." Um, yeah. And I have this way of doing it. Is there a better way? If you're not going to bring a better way to the table, I can hire yeah. somebody that's just going to point out all the things that are wrong. Those people are easy. Yeah. Those are a dime a dozen. Bring me solutions. Yeah. Show me what the issue is, and have a solution ready to talk about immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it's like I said, you know, having people just walk in and just point to things. I've worked for people before that walked in and and they, they called it a um, um, you know a, a pigeon visit. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear here, but basically, it's a director. <laughs> yeah, director, of course you are. Director flies in, <laughs> takes a shit all over the place, and flies out. Right? You know, I've worked for those Ugh. people before. Those so those pigeon so visits. Haven't we all? Yeah. yeah. I don't, I, I'm, it, it doesn't, that doesn't serve me at all. I would never be, be like, able to. thanks. Yeah. I've worked for those people. I could never work for them consistently. Um, and I would, yeah. you know, thankfully, thankfully they've mm-hmm. weeded themselves out and I've had great mentors and, and great, great uh, yeah. leaders to look up to. Um, and that's, that's the role I want to play for, for people, whether, whether they're a, a boomer, a Gen Xer, a millennial, a, yeah. the Gen Z or Gen whatever whatever gen you know I yeah think that... it's gen z and and it, it's interesting because I, I i agree with you on that point like there are stereotypes for a reason you know because it's the majority but there are always exceptions to every rule in life and there are definitely behavioral 
and mindset exceptions to every generation as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fascinating to see how often you meet a member of a generation that breaks a mold that you had as a preconceived notion. Um, and to your point, we've all, all worked with those Ivy Tower theorists where you're like, really, was the elevator ride that long for you to come down here and see what's, what you can nitpick about? Because I don't see you here doing it. And you're, you're working with an organization right now that's very hands-on, very involved, very um, focused in the day-to-day. And I think that, that makes that's why your organization is really successful. I mean, it's a very close-knit yeah. team. I think, you know, there, there's a part of it, and it's, it's building a brand, right? And, mm-hmm. and I felt like, um, you know, when I left Smoky Bones, I felt like my um, – I felt like when I took the corporate job back in 2011, I was brought into a position because of my experience, because of my knowledge, because of my tenacity, and to build a part of the brand that they were looking to, to go after. And they thankfully looked internal uh, to find somebody that had, you know, um, not just beverage experience, but bar experience. And, and there's one mm-hmm. thing I have, bar experience, you know, from being on both sides of the bar. Um, so, you know, having that opportunity to go in there and having, having being able to impact change and implement things and travel and meet people you know there was nothing nothing better than that and and when i felt that that we were um no longer when i was no longer able to affect change in the organization is when i felt like i needed to leave and it was it was a long time it was a great run uh, but coming to american yeah. social you know it's a family-owned business um you know my interview um my first initial interview was a three-hour interview uh scheduled to be an hour 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 and a half um and it just it just kept going, and, and I walked out, and, it, and it, we were holding it in one of those shared space places, and I walked out, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know felt bad for the guy behind me because they made him wait about forty five minutes while we finished up our 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 uh, our interview, and and I didn't think that yeah. was a good, bad, or indifferent at the time. I just I, I didn't find out until later that he had to wait, um, but you know it just yeah. speaks to that 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 the passion, and, and we all speak the same language, mm-hmm. and. And able to affect change and building a brand. And it's an amazing brand yeah. that, that I think can grow beyond, um, you know, the full restaurants that we have into, into something that will, will I mean, I guess we're regional now, uh, you know, all in Florida, but, you know, more, more regional presence and, and national presence someday. The, mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that's slowing us down from doing that is, uh, well, for one, COVID. Um, COVID. And two, two resources. And we're building a team. You know, we're building a team since I got here. You know, the corporate team before I came aboard uh, American Social was um, was we had a, a controller slash accountant slash uh, AP person. And um, and then the we got a chef and then there was the three owners. Um, and yeah. that was that was that was fine for the time. But coming in and mm-hmm. coming in and showing, you know, being able to show some efficiencies and how we can run it as it was, you know, run this business as if it were a major corporation and bringing those efficiencies in and, and, and that organization um, and the receptiveness that the guys had um, has been huge. And I don't, yeah. I don't have total autonomy. That would be silly to, to, to give anybody that, but I have a lot. And, and um, yeah. you know, we're all definitely on the same page. We're all, you know, reading off the same sheet of music to use a cliche, um, but it's a great, and, and the, the, the best part about it too is it totally fits my personality, just the people I work with, the brand I work with, yeah. and, and, and where we look to go. Um, it's just something that, yeah. that's very easy to be passionate about. 
Oh yeah, it's a fantastic group of people. I agree. Um, I I liked them all immediately when I met them. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering, like, okay, so say you woke up tomorrow and yeah. you hit the Mega Millions or whatever. What would you go to work? What would you do? I would absolutely go to work. I don't know how to do anything else, and and that's you know <laughs> my dad, my grandfather. Um, you know, my, both my parents, uh, I, I don't, I don't know anything else to do now. I would, uh, there's a couple of things I would do, you know, I would, I would open a bar that nobody would want to go to. Um, but it'd be, it'd be <laughs> an interest to me. It would be a, a tiki bar slash sports bar, oh which is just doing your tiki. You kill oh, me with man. the tiki. I'll tell you a tiki, a tiki bar, <laughs> tiki bar slash sports bar, which are such contrasting things for those that know, you know, the tiki culture and, you know, literally yeah. you can't, you can't have a tiki bar with a TV in it. It's just not allowed. It's sacrilege. Um, yes. And even light in there. And, and then, you know, the sports bar, which is just TVs, you know, I would, I'd basically find a way to do that hybrid of a concept. And I wouldn't care if anybody would come in. It would be, I would love it every day. Um, and, and it would be great. So like I said, I would open a bar that nobody would want to go to just me, which is That's fine, awesome. which is fine. <laughs> but, um, but I don't think I would, um, I don't think, I mean, it's hard, right? You don't know until you're in that. And I say, yeah, I would come to work. And that's the noble thing to say. Yeah. And then some people are like, I'm going to buy a yacht. And, and, you know, I mean, it's, you hear those stories about people losing money all the time. So, um, but my personality wouldn't allow me to just, I would take more Sit of it. I would take more vacations. I would invest, yeah. I would invest my money into the brand and I would become a partner if they would let me. I think that would be yeah. a great thing to do. I would, I would use my money to, to accelerate growth for American social. And, and also, you know, I'm not a philanthropist. I'm not somebody that goes out and does, does all these, um, you know, gives out money and all that. But I, I think that I would do it as long as it was helping people become better in business. Um, one yeah. of the, one of the great things that I love that, um, you know, Sam Adams does is, is they have that division. It's, it's, it's the name of what they, what they do or what they call it. Um, you know, escapes me right now, but basically they reinvest in startups. And I'm sure there's a lot of companies that do that, but I, I think that that would be yeah. something that I find really noble and do that. And, yeah. and then I would buy Definitely. a, then I would buy a, a, a farm that I could have every Australian shepherd I could find live on it. So that's the other thing I would do. So <laughs> I I've was got wondering a, if you would duplicate the dog. <laughs> I've got a really, I've got a really broad range of what I'm going to do with my money when yeah. I do win this. I, I do have to start playing because I've, I've uh, I've never bought my own scratch uh, my own lottery ticket. I've I've gone to pools uh, where people do it, where you know you'd split the money if you yeah. want. But I've never bought my own, so I think that's that's <laughs> towards life goal. <laughs> I love it. Go to a convenience store and buy a lottery ticket. But I I want to I want to touch back on what you said about American Social Bar and Kitchen. The fact that you. If you had endless amounts of resources financially, you would invest in their growth. That speaks volumes about the leadership, the organization, and the people that keep it moving. That's huge. Do you know, that is the first time anybody's ever answered that question that way. That's massive. Yeah, so so investing my own money, if I if I won the lottery, would be, would be a no-brainer. I mean, this, this brand to me, is, and it's, you know, maybe it's, maybe I drank the Kool-Aid, um, but I think it's, it's definitely positioned for growth. Uh, the only thing that stands in our way is, is resources right now, whether it be people, whether it be financing and all that, but, you know, 
I mean, as far as my belief in the brand and my belief that there would be a huge return on any investment that I put in, it's, you know, it's a no brainer. It's, it's no brainer. And I guess it's putting my money where my mouth is too. Um, if yeah. I was in that position to do it, I would not even think twice. Not, it'd be the first phone call I made after I, after I cashed my ticket in. <laughs> well, I, for one, I'm really, really so happy for you, my friend, that you have found something that you believe in so down to your core yeah. that that is a thought that enters your head because so many people that wouldn't enter the equation ever because you feel like you're just, you know, a cog in a wheel or you're just a number on a payroll system. Sure. You are working for an organization that makes people feel valued. And that's very rare, honestly, especially yeah. these days. Um, and in times like these, that's critically important. Um, so, yay, American yeah. Social, you guys are doing so many <laughs> things right. Um, but I'm really for happy for you that you're so fulfilled and so happy. But um, I, so I'm wondering, okay, so you've clearly, you studied the chemistry, you grew up yeah. in a bar, you said, no, I don't really want to do that. But then you said, yeah, I really do like doing that. So do you have an, an example in your personal life or your career trajectory? Ugh, I stumbled over that a bit um, yeah. where it was a negative experience, but you turned it into something positive, whether you learned from it, you grew out of it, or it's now like because you went through it, yeah. it's something where you're like, yeah, I'm kind of a badass. Well, I, I think, yeah, for sure. There, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of those, but the one that, that jumps out to me and is why I am where I am today is, um, you know, when I was at Smokey Bones, it was, it, you know, it was great being in the corporate office. We had a great culture, you know, um, you know, great leadership team, um, you know, that valued my input and all that. And then at, at some point it changed. We changed CEOs mm -hmm. to somebody who, um, you know, didn't value input, basically just, just wanted to do everything, you know, their way. And, um, and basically you just became a doer. It wasn't, there was no, there was no free thinking. There was no, um, ability to be creative. Um, mm. and it, you know, all of that got squashed. So, which is, which was, you know, it was, it was fine. I just wanted to survive it. Right. I'm like, yeah. there's no way that this model can, can, um, can sustain. There's no way this person is going to be able to stay in this business. Somebody's going to recognize that, that they are, uh, doing damage to the business, doing damage to the culture, um, you know, and, and that, and, and we had in the corporate office in the, you know, the support center, we had about 120% turnover in one year. And that was just because people just refused to work in that environment. Now, what That's I said, insanely high, even yeah. for our business. Oh yeah. Yeah. For, for oh my God. Yeah. It's, I think the corporate, corporate, corporate office, I think prior to this change, I think had three, three people leave in a year. And that was just basically not, not because of cultural things, but because of either relocation or career advancement or whatever. So, you know, and, and, um, you know, at that point in time, I was, I was, you know, beverage director and I loved doing that. That, that allowed me to be in the bar business and do all that. And, and Oh, decided, you were great at it too. Yeah. Well, they decided and they were going to eliminate the position. So I'm like, well, I don't know how you can operate 66 restaurants without this when you're very bar focused doing 20% alcohol, but yeah. that's fine. So given being offered a position in, in operations as a director of operations support, which basically meant 
that there was the VP, there was me, and then there were the, the eight directors. So I was mm-hmm. in between VP. So it was a promotion, right, is how it was positioned. And at the end of the day, it was a promotion with no raise, but a promotion nonetheless. <laughs> but what it did in doing that for, for a year and a half, uh, what it did is it gave me the, um, the knowledge um, to be able to do what I'm doing today. And I had the knowledge, but it gave me the ability to say, hey, you know what, I, I was a director that oversaw eight other DOs. Um, in a restaurant that had, you know, 66 locations. And, and for, it was, it was essentially a resume builder. And, and I hate to say that I hate to have used it for that because during the, during the time I was, I was dreading everything. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm just trying to out survive this person. I just want to survive, survive him. And then this opportunity came up. And, and if I hadn't done that, in my uh, resume just stated beverage director, I would have never been considered for this position, even though I had full ability to be able to do that. So I think, you know, taking that, which was, you know, it was basically a culture crusher, this person, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we referred to, you know, referred to him as a fun sucker, um, <laughs> sucking the fun out of any room that you could go into, um, you know, and, 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 um, and turning it into a positive and, and using yeah. it as, as a springboard, which I never thought that would be the case, you know, as a springboard for that. And I don't think anybody ever thought I would leave. So, yeah. um, you know, at the end of the day, it's I look back at, at my time there very fondly, even the past couple of years where culturally it was a it was a mess um, as a positive because it set me up and, yeah. and put me in a position to do what I'm doing today. So for sure, for sure, it'd be that that's the one that comes to, to mind. Yeah, no, that's a perfect answer. And I remember when you were kind of going through that process and mm-hmm. I was like, uh, yeah. I'm like, he's the person who's responsible for, I mean, Smoky Bones kind of went through this kind of dip for a yeah. bit. Yeah. And it went through the dip. It was starting on the dip before we met. And when you took on that role, that dip changed. Like, from my perspective, selling to you as one of my clients at the time, yeah. it seemed like it kind of dipped. The It, it went in the opposite direction upwards almost Mm -hmm. overnight it was incredible what you did the way that you reintegrated that brand and repositioned it and I know there were a lot of people involved in that it wasn't just what you did with the bar program it was the concept development the branding everything there were so many people but you guys really brought that brand back from the brink and then watching you go through that it was hard to watch because we all, all of, all of your suppliers, we all knew how talented you were. Yeah. We knew what you offered. Um, but it was, it's, it's nice that you have that perspective on it looking backwards because I know it wasn't an easy time for you, but you definitely found the right fit. And I'm betting beside that, you probably took some leadership modeling away from it too for what not to do because what not to do is just as important as what to do in my experience well yeah for sure for sure and that and sometimes more so right you know i mean Mm -hmm. there's 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 not really a a training manual for how to become a beverage director um you know there's a lot of books on leadership um and all of them say the same thing you know it's you can read any book but but it's through experience and there's been some great books that i read you know i didn't when i when i first got into the business after you know back into the business i didn't have some great leaders uh, my first gm was was somebody that was uh, um 
you know, career, career Olive Garden, um, you know, kitchen manager who got the opportunity mm-hmm. to be a GM and, you know, communication still skills didn't, weren't great. We killed it in labor in the kitchen, but you know, there was no development there. So I had to take it upon yeah. myself and, 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 and do that. But, you know, it is all in trial and error. Having conversations with people is trial and error, learning that you need to manage everybody differently. Um, you know, as a, as a young manager, I went in and, you know, they're going to do what I say because I'm the manager, I'm the boss. That, <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that went away really quick. And I yeah. think that that's, you know, they will beat a, that out yeah. of you. <laughs> well, I mean, unless you're a CEO of a company and then you, don't yeah. get that beat out of you. You just get 125% turnover. So, yeah. um, you know, I felt a lesson that I learned um, as a 22, 23, 24 year old was something that this, you know, 40 something year old CEO um, hadn't learned yet. And, yeah. and whether it was ego or whether it was just, you know, not, not knowing or just personnel, whatever it was, it yeah. was just, um, you know, it was what it was. And, and, and I, you know, and, and the support that I got, and you know, was 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 amazing from from people that I had worked with, whether it be suppliers, whether it be other other beverage directors, you know, whether it be just yeah. just just people I had worked with in the past, you know, um, and it wasn't, you know, I mean, getting the support, I I, I had a I had a job, I I was paid yeah. pretty well, I just didn't have a job I liked, so nobody was feeling bad for me like that. They're just like they're, yeah. you know, we what a waste of of not my talent but a waste of a brand that was on the upswing that somebody just came in and literally built a wall in front of growth yeah um just because uh, their their ideas were 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 better than anybody else's so it was what it was yeah. you know but but back to the point it is it is i think sometimes more important to to learn what not to do and to make those mistakes but to take those chances and and not have enough of an ego to say man that didn't work let me not do yeah. that again or let me change the direction yeah. So, so it's huge. You can't, you can't, everybody's got an ego in this, in this business uh, to an extent, just basically yeah. it's, it's pride more than ego. I think people get the two confused. Um, egos get in the way. Pride doesn't, um, it's when, it true. Comes to, when it comes yeah. to work, you know, you want to be yeah. proud of the work that you had. Um, you know, but, but somebody that's looking to get their ego stroke, they're not going to survive. They're going to get eaten up and, and you know, yeah. it is what it is. So, yeah. And we're a very close knit business. Yeah. Uh, those of us in, in national accounts and yeah. beverage related national accounts, we're, we're a tight knit group. I mean, yeah. we, we allow entry for everybody and people don't leave. So we're a constantly expanding group. And at a time like sure. this, there's so many of our friends and colleagues and, you know, former coworkers that are not in the greatest of places right now. And I always joke, I'm going to open CJL consulting recruits, right? Because everybody's always calling me like, who do you know that could fit this role? And who do you know that needs a job? And who do you know that's hiring? And I'm just like, and I got a list. I got a list a million miles long of people that I will pitch and put up for jobs. Um, But the right right person, right person, right job, right situation. Right. Right. Yeah, so. but now there's just too much talent out there right now that's not sure. getting picked up because nobody's picking anybody up. And that's that's the scary part of the equation is when when some of the people that we know that are just fantastic humans yeah. are just out and yeah. stressed. And it, I mean, it, gotta, it hurts. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. The, the as a as a as a business you prioritize um what you need to to stay afloat mm-hmm. and and operations is always going to be the one 
that gets the attention because you can't, you literally can't run the business if you can't open the front doors. So when you look at, you know, what's expendable, and I never thought of my position as expendable um, when I was working in beverage, Um, but from an operations perspective and overlooking this, I'm, I'm thinking, man, do I, do I, um, you know, lay off that, that, that GM or, or do I, do I lay off and, and hopefully furlough and bring back um, that mm-hmm. beverage, that beverage director, because, you know, it's, it's not, I know from doing the position how important it is. Yeah. Um, but there is, there is a point when, when the industry shut down and, and uh, you know, that side of it, it's like, you know, you've got to make that tough call and yes. marketing, marketing, which is a lot of what a beverage director does is yeah. typically the first one that gets, I know um, that gets that 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 goes that that gets let go or 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 furloughed or yeah. or the cuts happen to so that's um you know while while it's painful and and it's personal it's not it's understandable and not unexpected when you're going through something like this so um, absolutely and marketing yeah. is one of those things to your point marketing as a marketer <laughs> I'm yep. familiar um it's one of those things where it's one of the last things you invest in. Mm -hmm. It's one of the first things you cut, but it's one of those things that doesn't have a truly measurable ROI for the most part compared to, you know, you buy chicken, you sell chicken. There's an ROI. Right. Um, It's not, it's not that black and white compared to other pieces of the business, but it's also what keeps the brand moving. Yeah. But it's, it's an expensive investment when you're looking at ways to cut costs yeah. because certain things are just not on the table. You can't just not sell certain items on your menu. At the end of the day, you have to provide food sure. if you're a restaurant or drink. Sure. Yep. And especially, you know, the critical aspect of running a business, especially well, Smoky Bones with a 20% beverage mix, mm-hmm. that 20% mix makes up a lot of the ROI. Mm-hmm. But where you are now with American Social being a considerably higher, mm-hmm. three times higher beverage mix, oh my God, something like this, yeah. where the food is fantastic. And that's a perk because people are coming in for the bar atmosphere. Mm-hmm. This is really, I can, I can imagine that this is a very challenging time for you guys because you are an environment you're not just a restaurant. You're so much more. You are a social environment. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's, Oy. yeah, that's, uh, that's been an interesting part is that, you know, social's in the name and, and then there's social distancing. So, yeah. so we played a little bit with that, uh, yeah. you know, with that, you know, American social distancing and, and, and poked a little fun at it, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but it is, you know, basically we, we had to change our entire business model as everybody else did that went to take out only. But when you, when you have some of your locations that are 70, 75% alcohol and, um, yeah. you know, when you've got to move to takeout only and, and thankfully Florida had opened up and allowed for takeout beverage shortly after this all happened. Um, yeah. We basically threw together a new concept with the same name, excuse me, in a matter of a week, in yeah. a matter of a week. And that was, that was basically it had to, you know, change the menu, change the, the pricing, change, change everything, you know, it was everything. And this is, this is what everybody had to do to survive, you know, unless mm-hmm. you were a takeout place, a counter service place, you know, Chipotle, Panera, or local ones, um, yeah. you had to change your business model. You'd change everything you did and how you handled your food and how I you know. handled everything, you know, with, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to 
trying to, uh, you know, make, make light of anybody, you know, in those counter service places. But basically what you had to do was you had to wear a mask and gloves and everything else you were doing was the same. Um, you know, if you're, if yeah. you're a counter service place and, and that's not to say that they didn't go through their, their, their trials and, and tribulations. Oh, thing. they definitely, but, I mean, they went down, but, we yeah. know that, but operationally I mean, execution, right. their pivot. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't what you had. No. They didn't have the hurdles that you had to jump no. over. No. As a full service. But they did but right? they did walk away from it with a heck of a lot more competition. So now they've got, you know, where where they had a market, and I don't know what the share was, but they have a market where um we'll, we'll throw a number yeah. out there. Twenty percent of the restaurants are are, are fast casual. Twenty percent. They went to a hundred percent of the restaurants are fast casual. Uh, you know, including yeah. places like Burn Steakhouse, famous steakhouse in Tampa, never has never done a takeout order in their entire life, pivoted to be a a, a elevated, yeah. fast casual concept. So, uh, oh my God, I had dinner there with Scotty Carter. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that's the only reason I know it. I think we were in town for a Quaker Steak yeah. conference one year, and he's like, "We're going to Burns," and I'm like, "I don't know what that is." Oh. He's like, "Come with yeah, me." Yeah, it's 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 famous. It's I love you know, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, he called me last week. By Memories. the way, sidebar. Oh, very cool. God, I love me some Scotty yeah. Carter. Yeah. Shout out to Scotty yeah. Carter with Pat's Blue Room. There you go. <laughs> You gotta, gotta reconnect um, at some point. Right? I know. He just randomly called me last week. Just to, you know, be like, are you alive, Lawler? How you yeah, doing? Yeah, right? Yeah, he's a great dude. Love that guy. Yeah, he's legit. He's random. Definitely legit. Yeah, he's awesome. See, and this is what I'm saying. Like, this goes back to our point about the people in our business. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter how long it's been since we've seen each other or talked to each other, the friendships don't go away. The relationships are strong and we genuinely give a shit about each other. Mm-hmm. That's just what it comes down to. Um, but I'm wondering, so through all of this, and, and I really loved your answer about your negative experience turned into a positive memory. Um, but do you have any regrets? Maybe studying yeah. chemistry because you clearly didn't give yeah. a shit about science. I guess if it, I yeah, know. I guess if you want to, <laughs> if I if you twist my arm, I would say that that was probably not the best idea. And, you know, but if I, to me, a regret would mean something that I could change, if I, you know, if, mm-hmm. you know, and but I think if anything changed, it would have, it would have, um, you know, changed my tur- my life trajectory. Yeah. Um, so I would say, course, yeah. I would say nothing of that sort. I say, you know, the only thing I would change, and I don't think this would change my life trajectory, is probably not being so frivolous with with my finances as a as a tw- as a as an early twenty year old, you know, bartender in college, getting those getting those uh, signing up for every credit card that somebody was trying to pawn me oh, when God, I walked around yes, campus, and yeah. then I would, you know, own a house and all that. So, so I think the only thing. Uh, would be would be personal would be that, but anything else I, I think would have changed my life trajectory, and I and and I'm very happy where I am. You know, unless somebody was yeah. going to tell me, in, you'd be you'd be a millionaire, you don't own this company, you'd be on a yacht, and you'd you know whatever you'd have five houses on, on different continents. If somebody can guarantee me that, then I'd say okay, I'll change a couple of things. Outside of that, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. So. That's a great answer. I love it. Because I think everybody can really relate to that whole, like, I signed up for way too many credit cards yeah. as a teenager, oh, yeah. or as a young 20 something in college, because they really do. They, oh, yeah. 
especially in the 90s when you and I, because we're the same age, yeah. we were walking around on, on our college campus because I went to a state school too, Arizona State. Oh, yeah. um, and I signed up for credit cards all uh, constantly. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I get what for free? A blanket? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. And then I had to figure out how to pay for all of that when... Yeah. I when we hit the summer in, in Arizona, it's the summer season, right? You said Massachusetts, you don't work in the winter well in Arizona. Yet I was lucky to bring home five dollars a day in the summer in Arizona. And that was like being a pool server at a resort. Yeah. Like no one goes to Phoenix in the summer. Yeah. For good reason. Yeah, right. Just like no one's going to mass yeah. in the heart of January. Yeah, Nobody's right? busy. yeah unless you're a masochist, right? So uh exactly. Yeah. Or a mass hole. Yeah, mass hole. That's I am through and through. <laughs> through and through. Yeah. So my sister is an adopted mass hole, so she lives in Boston now. She's a total mass hole. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, This has been so much fun. So, okay, here is my weird oddball question that I ask people that's really hard to answer. So I'm curious to hear yours. Um, But what would you want the listening audience to know about you? (gasps) Oh, man. Um, (laughs) I mean, I've covered covered a lot of these things. You know, I'm passionate. I I can. You did. I'm a, I'm a huge pain in the ass to work for in a positive, positive way. Um, <laughs> you know, because it's, it, you know, I have high expectations, but I will go, um, you know, I will go down fighting for anybody that I work with or work for who works for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's that, I think there's a couple of things, you know, and the personal side of it too, that I am incredibly shy and incredibly introverted and getting into the bar business allowed me to kind of change that and be you know being behind the bar or being you know anywhere um you know i get to i get to change that up i get i get a um i don't know it's like a switch that 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 flips where i become more social and more outgoing and can talk to people you know my first time going to conferences in this i i would i would uh you know go for a couple of minutes if i didn't see anybody i recognized that i knew you know i would i would leave i would almost hide and, wow. and, um, you know, I've, I've had to work through that, but, um, you know, I am in, 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 take these Meyer, Myers-Briggs personality tests and they, and they say that, yeah. you know, just, you know, my personal, in my personal life, I don't remember the terminology, but very introverted, very shy. And, and in my professional life, it's just the opposite. So, um, so that's interesting. That's you know, interesting. It's, it's, it's hard yeah. for me to strike up a conversation with people, but once you get me going, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. So, you know, that's very interesting because so, I yeah. would never, as long as I've known you, I would never, and I can see some of the examples that you've described. Like, mm-hmm. you'll just kind of hang by yourself, yeah. scope the room, and bail. Yeah. Um, if if there's nothing that uh, requires your interest yeah. or m- gives you that comfort level, but at the same time, I've never known you to be an introvert with me. No, I mean, because. I don't know. Maybe it's because I was, you know, selling Jägermeister and, and tequila when we first mm. met. I don't know. Maybe that's it. But Could have been it. Could have been it. And, and I've seen you working with people, too. And you say that you may be hard to work with or for. From my perspective, you've never been hard to work with. Yeah. And technically, since you're my client now, I work for you. No. And you've also never been hard to work for. 
but I've never been in your employ. Yeah. So I'm very curious because I've, the only sides I've seen of you where you have to provide criticism or feedback that isn't exactly like, you're amazing. Um, you've done it so methodically and diplomatically and balanced that the person didn't feel like they were doing anything wrong to start with. The way that you handle yourself, the way that you speak and engage with others is really positive. Even if you think you're somewhat of a hard ass, I haven't seen that side of you. I think I'm just more of a pain in the ass than a hard ass. <laughs> I think that that's it. Um, you know, and I appreciate, I, I appreciate those, those compliments that, you know, that's awesome. And that's, you know, what, what I, when, when I'm providing feedback, whether it be um, managing people that work for me or managing upward, uh, which is important in my position, um, yeah. managing, uh, because you manage your bosses as much as you manage your subordinates. Um you yeah, know, it's, you have it's, to manage their expectations. Yeah, it's different, but it's it's the same. Is that, you know, taking everything into account and thinking it through, um, you know, being methodical, um, you know, customizing your approach to to everybody you talk to because you can't have one cookie cutter way of doing that. You no. can't expect everybody to adapt to you. Um, you know, it's your own personality and all that. But you know, there's certain things I draw a hard line on, and that's I think where the pain in the ass part comes in is is that, you know, down to, down to fonts and I don't like, I'm not a micromanager, but I micromanage certain things like, you know, yeah. communication to the field goes out in this font. Right. It's, it's, it might, you might think, <laughs> I of, love you might think that I'm, this like, is what I wanted to know. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are the things yeah. that are your like, no, yeah, you might, yeah. People are like, really, why is that important? Well, it's important to me. I don't have time to explain it. It's not a big thing. I'm not asking you to, 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 to do anything crazy. I'm just asking you to use this one font when you send things out. Um, and, and, you know, that people are like, whoa, what a, what a, you know, micromanager. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't micromanage people's time. I don't micromanage, um, yeah. things that, that would get in the way of progress. I don't micromanage. Just set mm -hmm. your font at the font that I think it should be at. And if you have a reason as to why we can talk about it, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about it. But other than that, you know, there, there's, there's that, you know, and, and it's just, it's just things like that. And that's the pain in the ass side. I mean, it's like, why is that important? Well, it's important to me and I can't explain it because it's just, you know, maybe I'm neurotic in certain things, whatever. Um, but that's I love what it. it is. That's, that's, that's the reality of it. So. Oh my gosh. I, I literally had this conversation with Charles, our account manager yeah. on Monday because he was building his deck for this week's webinar. And it's all about to go best practices for to go, mm -hmm. like changing your full serve to a to go concept to maximize guest experience and sure. sales right yep. and when he sends me the deck it said final on it and I laughed when I saw it because I was like this is not final and I told him this so yeah. when he listens to this he won't be like oh that's a shock I didn't right. know I seriously I was like dude we're a marketing and branding company our branding is linear. It's always the same. This is the font we use for this. This is the font we use for this. This is the size we use yeah. for this. This is how we organize. I'm like, I could do this very quickly. You need to do this because it's your show. Right. And he's like, okay. I'm like, am I being too nitpicky? Because <laughs> I care. Right. Like, I know I'm, I can be nitpicky. Sure. My husband will tell you that all day, every day. But... I was like, am I, am I 
hurting your feelings or offending you in any way. And he's like, nah, I don't give a shit. Right. I'm like, sweet, we're good. Yeah. It was just, it was one of those things where I was like, the size of the font and the way that he structured emails and even the fact that the company name is all caps with a lowercase i in consulting, I was like, these are these are the critical aspects of our branding. Right, right. And he's like, yeah, oh my God, I, I can't realize I didn't pay attention to that. And I'm like, eh, it's okay. I don't expect you to pay attention to this. But I'm telling you now, so I expect you to pay attention to it from now on. <laughs> it's funny that you said the fuck. Like, literally just went through that exact convo right it's, you know and, and and i can i can uh you know dismiss it away and say, you know details matter but sometimes it is just personal <laughs> sometimes it is so the details always yeah. matter yep every bit of life is the detail yep. right yeah for sure we know that yeah, for sure so well i this has been so much fun i i love this i've learned so much about you which is why i love doing this podcast because i get to learn more about the people that i already know um but if people want to learn more about you um how do you want them to reach out to you oh man um so you know typical social media um is a great way to kind of i guess learn more about me even though i'm not very active on posting i'm very um you know engaged with what that is so on Facebook and in Instagram. <laughs> Instagram, you can go and see me post pictures of my dog and, and drinks and food. Um, yes. I think the only actually picture of people that's on there is is when we, uh, I, had the, I had the fortune of golfing in um, Las Vegas, I think five five years ago, six years ago. And you were, you're in one of my only pictures as people oh on there. So that was fun. <laughs> um, and then of course- I'm, Is that the one where we were sitting there with like Coors Light in our hand yeah. and we were like laying in the yeah, middle of the Yeah, we were trying fairway. to do product placement or something. Well, there was a lot of, yeah. That was there was Jaeger like, on those golf carts. So, um, you know, typical oh God, social yes, media. There was. I'm sorry. <laughs> typical social media. You can search me by my name, um, but then also, you know, I, I definitely welcome um, any any text or email um, okay. uh, through personal um, through through my personal email, which is um, mike at gmail um, You know, it's a great way to reach out uh, to me that way, and and. Uh, you know, any, anything I can do to help anybody in the business or, or anybody that has any great ideas that could work for, you know, for American social or for um, just, you know, personal development. You know, I welcome all that, you know, like I said earlier, all I want to do is learn more, know more, uh, be better. Um, You know, my competitive nature will never allow me to stop. Um, So, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. You know, that's just the typical typical way i don't there's no fancy way to 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 get a hold of me i'm typically roaming around walking around fort lauderdale so there's another way just tap me on the shoulder if you see me walking by yeah that's awesome and i'll be sure to put all of that information in there and i should say too you are an official witty man i you know that right because i I gave you the i am I, i believe i had well i'm sure i'm sure there's probably more um, so, so, but I, I feel like, and don't tell me if it, this is any different, but I feel like I was at one point, the only one, um, with a blue witty shirt. So I wear that with pride. Um, yes. and, and you can let me continue to believe that I am the only one with one of those. So that would, you don't have to tell me any different. 
my my feeling. No, you are. You are the only blue Woody shirt. My husband's is gray. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's and I, technically yeah. you became a Woody man officially before yeah. he did. So you know that what? Give it's, you it's, a feather in yeah, your cap. Yeah, very cool. Now I just got to get invited to one of the conferences. Um, but you know, one of these days, one of these days we'll we, we'll just invite your girlfriend. There we go. And then you're kind of there by, in, by, spirit, yeah, in right? spirit. Yeah, yeah. Th- that that works. Hey, we can do that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I know that you're really, really busy, especially right now, but I'm really excited that you've got two of the locations open again with limited service. I know the future looks bright for you as well as American Social Bar and Kitchen. And I'm very, very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. I appreciate it. Thank you for, thanks for including me in this. This is great. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Lawler Out Loud, Mixing Up the Mainstream.